on this journey, we have to be healing. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we ain't gonna be around for very long to do it. Doom. You feel me? <laughs> if we can't have peace here between us, then we got no business talking about peace in the world mm -hmm. and showing up in these streets and singing for peace at marches. Like, nah. This is Healing Justice, a podcast bridging conversations at the intersections of collective healing and social change. I'm your host, Kate Werning. And this week, we are talking with the peace poets. They talk about the power and meaning of language, the work that they do in writing for healing and connection, the cipher as a gathering place for healing, and reclaiming power through story. They talk about direct action, gender, conflict, and how they've stayed together as a crew throughout decades. You'll hear them burst into poetry and song throughout this episode because it's just what they do. And so it really makes this one a joy to listen to. So before I tell you a little more about the incredible Peace Poets, it feels relevant to ground you in the fact that I'm recording right now from a bedroom in Detroit in the incredible home called Taproot Sanctuary of Marsha Lee Ian and Naeem. You may remember Marsha from episode 18 with Healing by Choice. And I'm sitting here on the same block as the home of movement giant Grace Lee Boggs. So this is really sacred ground. And we're going to tour the Boggs Center in the morning where she actually spent her final years. Over dinner together tonight, we contemplated one of Grace's key questions that Marcia shared with us. What time is it on the clock of the world? I'm here right now to learn with Adrienne Marie Brown, who is on episode 10 and uh, also hosts her own incredible podcast with her sister, Autumn Brown, called How to Survive the End of the World. And I'm here for her first Emergent Strategy Ideation Institute, which is amazing to be present for. I know many, many, many of you have read her book, Emergent Strategy, um, and it's really cool to experience it together with folks in person and try to embody those principles together. There is absolutely no way to begin to convey that all to you but I'm trying to give a little bit to folks who wish that they could also be here via our Instagram. And so if you look at our saved stories at the top of our Instagram profile, there'll be an album about the uh, Emergent Strategy Ideation Institute. I don't even know if it's called an album anymore or what that is, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so if you want to check that out, you can find us on Instagram at Healing Justice to get a little glimpse. Okay, y'all, so let's talk Peace Poets. The Peace Poets are a collective of five artists that celebrate, examine, and advocate for life through music and poetry. They've helped invigorate the social movements of our time with chants and songs. This is absolutely true. I've experienced their music in so many places, their incredible creative chants. And they hail from the Bronx, but have performed across the world in over 40 countries. They've rocked the mic in prisons, schools, community centers, clubs, rallies, refugee camps, and the very blocks that they live on. 
fortified by the belief that the cipher is the opposite of prison. They are committed to raising up the power of the people to be creative and connected. So you're going to hear them talk about the cipher a lot. We've already said it three times just in this introduction, and we don't actually explain it in the episode. So if you're not familiar with what a cipher is, the peace poets describe it as one form with many functions. It's a circle where we could share, where we listen, speak, create, and appreciate. They say that the cipher is where everybody can be seen and heard. The corresponding practice that goes with this episode this week will give you an experience of that circle of that cipher, and it will offer a writing exercise as a space of sacred connection to ourselves and to each other. So hey, let's dive in together, and we'll start out by hearing the peace poets do what they do best. Thanks for being here with us. Here we go. Yo, when I say people, you say power people. Power people. Power. When I say we want, y'all say justice. We want justice. We want justice. When I say we are, you say rising. We are rising. We are rising. When I say we are, y'all say beautiful. We are beautiful. We are beautiful. I say peace to the poets who propagate peace, who have to protect life. Because war is a beast and the war in the streets have got the poor in a leash. Right now there are people dying to eat. Mm -hmm. But like Zapata, we don't live on our knees, we die on our feet. We ride the streets, we don't sit down and complain. Mm. We are people of action. What we do is fight for change. change. We represent peace because it's so critical. Mm -hmm. We represent peace because our soul spiritual. Mm -hmm. I say peace to the beat of change movement. Movers in the front and the people who ain't moved yet. Mm. Don't forget change is pursuing. Don't forget change, change takes time, time to loosen. loosen. Don't forget Malcolm X was a truant. I say peace cause I've lost so, so many to violence. violence. And I speak peace cause I've lost many more to silence. So I say peace to the poets who, who propagate, propagate peace. And peace to the poets behind their bars like a convict. Mm -hmm. People thinking peace is the absence, absence of conflict. conflict. It's really the ability to cope with it, to deal with it, to cry with it, to, to hope with it. it. We spit for all ages, grad, grad school to third graders, in the mosque, in the church, from baptism to satyrs. Mm -hmm. We spit to uplift the gift that, that God, God gave us. The power of the word, because we heard it might save us. So I say peace to the poets who, who propagate peace. With love in their hearts to operate on these streets. Mm -hmm. We salute your voice when they don't want us to speak. When an injustice takes place to any one of my peeps mm -hmm. I won't back down, I, I won't, won't be at ease. ease I can't stay shut when our kids can't eat When grandmothers get evicted and ain't got a place to sleep While these companies make trillions but won't we'll give, give a peace To deny the dignity of our global family mm -hmm. Is to deny ourselves of our own humanity. humanity But with our ancestors guiding No cliff is too steep We, we hold it down with y'all No way we propagate peace And say peace to the poets who, who propagate peace And power to the people who march in these streets And word to the workers who walk in bare feet 
and light to the writers who fight to get free. I see me and you and, and you and me in the streets of Cochabamba taking back El Agua. Rocking Sandinista parties when we took Managua. Took my fist in Nueva York yelling, No la guerra. Environmentalists to protect la tierra. And I'm a feminist porque respeto mi madre. Soy padre y bebé. The struggle of every day. Abuelita y hijita soy la gente que grita. El pueblo unido jamás será vencido. The people united and I will never be divided. I'm the people who riot and I will never be quiet. I'm the ones who rebel. Those stuck in a cell. I'm the people who see we are not yet free. Cause I am the people and the people are me. Peace. Peace, 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 peace. What up? <laughs> <laughs> a private performance. Holy crap. Um, welcome, y'all. I'm so excited to be sitting with the Peace Poets here on the fifth floor of Benin Casa in New York. I'd love to just start with like a round of introduction. Peace, fam. Uh, this is the last MC. Uh, I also go by Emmanuel or Emmanuel or E. And it is our blessing to be here today. Uh, we're four out of the five peace poets, um, a collective <clears throat> from uptown New York. Right now we're based in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. um, and they'll get a, a second, a moment to introduce themselves. But just wanted to give a foundation of, of the peace poets mm -hmm. as first. Um, just artists who were young people, uh, young people who were who felt a passion, who felt disconnected from the education that we were receiving mm -hmm. uh, in our schools, both in high school and in college, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and realized that the education we could uncover, rediscover, evolve, um, get in touch with, was really an education that came from community. Uh, and so that's what we're committed mm -hmm. to. That's right. And our work has come from many communities. One of them was the Brotherhood Sister Soul mm -hmm. in Harlem. And it was really instrumental for us to see the transformation that can happen when we're honest with our young people. And so it's, it's in this spirit, we, we consider ourselves as part of the wave um, in the sea, in this ocean uh, of resistance of liberation, uh, not just resistance. We resist, but our goal is to, is to be liberated, to be free, uh, to be healed. Ah, left always. <laughs> uh, peace, family. My name is Luaya. Good to be with you, Kate. Super happy just to be in, in the cypher this morning. We always say the cypher is home, so we got this podcast yeah. in the cypher right now. And, and, what up? Uh, it, it just feels good to be here. Uh, feels good to be in the cipher. Every time we get up, one of the things that we do is work with uh, young people. And so a lot of times we might be in a new place, a new city, a new state. We might be inside of a uh, detention facility. We might be in a high school, in a you know, neighborhood, and we've never been to or on the other side of the country. And once we get in the cipher, everything changes. Right? You might walk through the halls and be like, oh, man, I'm feeling the pressure of this place, the weirdness of this place, you know, something about it. But then once you're in the cipher, all of a sudden you're in this this space where it starts to feel like home just because we can see each other because we're uh, that's the place where we can be ourselves and healing for us is in so many ways in the gathering and, and and gatherings that we come into in our society uh, 
are often full of division. Right? They're full of hierarchy. They're full of stress. Right? People, people gather, and it's kind of, you can take it across the spectrum. You know, everything from a family gathering all the way sometimes it's a definitely school, right? Like our, mm -hmm. For where our schools are structured is like a military. You know, the way that our job is structured is a hierarchy. So we're in roles. I think about what we do. Uh, first is we change the way in which people gather and the way we feel in those gatherings. And that's a commitment to fully seeing each other. Uh, we say the cipher is the opposite of prison and that's just so important. I think foundational. Because while people build prisons, we got to build more ciphers where people are fully seen and fully respected. You know, what, and it did, we didn't know this all the time. We kind of learned it, right? We were like, okay, we're out here fighting, but actually we're, we must heal on the way. Mm. On this journey, we have to be healing. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we ain't going to be around for very long to do it. Boom. You feel me? <laughs> so peace, so good to be here with y'all. This is ABE, a.k.a. the South Bronx. And, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that... Uh, our, our work with healing, um, outside of it being work, is just a, an everyday process, um, especially um, participating in a society where everyone is oppressed in one way and uh, contributing to the oppression of someone else. Yeah. You know, there's, there's deep dangers in, in the society just when, when we carry uh, so much trauma and make it a, a normalized thing. Mm. Having that network and support of, of brothers that you can, you can initiate and walk into that process of healing of people who hold you down. Mm -hmm. And it's trying to also extend that space um, to other groups of young people, of adults, of people um, from all different um, places and spaces. Mm -hmm. Thank right. you, bro. Um, peace out, so this is Frankie Four. Um, a blessing to be here with you all. Mm. And I would say that what our work has to do with healing is um, connection mm -hmm. and sacred connection. Um, definitely in the cipher, definitely in those spaces where there is trauma, as my other brothers were saying. Um, and also reconnection with yourself. Um, mm -hmm. the, way that we, the way that we connect is through song and poetry. Um, but there's a sacred process there in writing. Uh, for yourself and uh, mm. expressing for self first and foremost um, and saying those things that you might not feel safe enough to say mm -hmm. in um, many spaces in the world um, so there's always a it's always about connection and invitation mm -hmm. to step into that mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's what we need uh, more of is people who are who are in that conversation and invited into that space where they're reconnecting with themselves mm -hmm. uh, so they, they, could, uh, they could heal and we could heal. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you. Facts um, That really makes me think about something that I, I came here excited to ask y'all about, which is about the power of language. Can be so meticulously used mm -hmm. to uh, to the destruction mm -hmm. right. of each other, to disrespect, mm -hmm. to robbing people of their dignity, right? And mm -hmm. there's di there's different ways that that happens, and around different value systems, whether we're talking about the mainstream space or the movement space. But in both spaces, there is stress around language, sure. right? Like, and how are we using language strategically to be able to tell our stories and mm -hmm. um, elicit compassion from one another? Mm -hmm. There's so much about language. And I feel like y'all, I mean, this is your art. 
is working with language. And mm. I, I would love to just hear more about like what feels important to you about it, of both the language that we perform and share, and then also, as you were saying, Frankie, like the language that maybe isn't public, but mm. that the things that we need to be able to say to ourselves. Mm. Um, like I'd love to just hear y'all talk about why does language matter and how you think about using mm. it in your art. Mm. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I think one of the primary reasons why it matters so much because it's the it's the point of of realization and of like at least for me of self acknowledgement. Um, as a young person who are primarily super oppressed and never spoken about, but are taught to be conditioned in certain ways and speak certain things and believe certain things and not explore for themselves or have their own critical analysis. Um, I think that is is deeply fundamental to first even acknowledge yourself like I exist, like I am and I'm here and because I'm here this is what I'm witnessing and what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing is, a, is an encyclopedia and speaks volumes of of where I am and the systems imposed on me and I think that it's just a, a great entering entry point into seeing the world that, that we're in and that we want to create. Um, because as an artist, I have to create for myself because I'm dealing with my own traumas. I'm dealing with my own pain. I'm also dealing with my own joy and the beauty and my truths that I want to share in the world and connect with people um, and build my communities in that way and, and find that strength in and what we say often, finding strength and vulnerability, knowing that in from this pain, we know that we can find that healing. You know, like the poet Rumi says, you need a crack for the light to get in, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and it's just, it's acknowledging those things. And um, the the word, the written word is just a, a very powerful entry to, to capture that, to capture those reflections and uh, to be a document of, of the process of, the living process of change and growth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, master in insight. Seated observing turbulence, matching my wings height, rapping like a passenger in flight. Mm. My tactics in sight. If I could just get past the storm, my form will balance out the norm and get it in, right? right. Mm. <laughs> I think that um, the way that we talk about ourselves, mm -hmm. um, is a form of power in reclaiming story mm -hmm. and uh when we were out in um in south dakota during the unity concert uh an effort to, of the lakota people reclaiming the black hills mm -hmm. um they spoke of anytime somebody steps up to the mic as a prayer so a lot of uh, a lot of writing uh, could be seen as as prayer and like a way to remind yourself um, so that even that little piece of that little verse is just a reminder for myself of uh, times where things might seem turbulent um, and a reminder of how to get back mm. right. and how to ride the wave when it when it, things get things get rocky mm. um, and so as far as language I truly believe that privately in that way you know personally is it's a, it's reclaiming your story and reminding yourself as a, as an internal prayer, and then also we're out here in the world where people are always telling you who you are, mm. and people are always telling you uh, that if you come from there, this is who you are. If you look like this, this is who you are. Mm -hmm. um, and there's power in being able to step up to the mic, and uh, or not step up to the mic, but just be in a in a cipher where your best friends, um, or 
share with a loved one uh, a story about who you want to say that you are, mm-hmm. or what you might be going through in the process, and and you are in the process of becoming mm. um, who you're in the process of becoming. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. Oye, que lo que el lenguaje una vaina profunda. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I, I think about how language allows us to be, be our, our whole selves. Like mm-hmm. there's parts of me that cannot be expressed in English. Mm-hmm. You know, I just can't be that person in English. <laughs> um, right. And I think that brings deep questions. Like as poets, we're called to think deeply about our use of language, um, the origins of it. So, you know. Um, language is really important and where where it has led me to right now to, to like analyze the english language you know the words that the framework that we've been given you know what i'm saying and starting from there and then like mm-hmm. you know our connections and experiences with indigenous communities mm-hmm. uh and being like ew there's a reason why um why mm-hmm. colonizers try to erase your language mm-hmm. you know um and so i think about what are we trying to reclaim now, you know, as uh, settlers, as um, children of the diaspora, children of, of effects stemming down from slavery and oppression and exploitation. And it's, we don't, ha- we don't have a clear answer. Um, however, we know that it's part of what we need to reflect on and find liberation in. Um, uh, it, this reminds me of a workshop we were doing with uh, a South African sister, and she was expressing that, you know, in her language, to live is to heal. Mm-hmm. You can't separate the two. And I think about right. many experiences that I've had with um, folks who speak their own languages, uh, which I don't mean Spanish, because like, I, I also, I am a little bit more expressed in Spanish in terms of my personality, but it's also a, a language of, of, the, of colonizers. Um, and so I'm, I'm aware of that. And so there's like complexities, but I think it's important because they are reflections of us. Our words are reflections of us. Um, think about the Bible, you know, in the beginning there was a word, you know, the word was good. Uh, and I think that our beliefs about our words um, have impacts, have consequences, resonate. And so um, the spaces that we create, uh, spaces that we co-create rather, um, are spaces in which people are really tapping into the power, the creative power of their words to tap into, you know, our highest selves, which Mm. is a loving self. Mm. Um, And so language is important because it's, our ex- it's an extension of our love um, and so the way we speak the words we choose the language we speak is all mm-hmm. a reflection of that and we're in a journey to unravel you know a lot of it mm. that's so real yeah I feel like the the unraveling and also the understanding that we get into as poets all the time where we're like we can land it and be like damn that's the right idea but so often we're spending time being like there's no words for this shit. <laughs> I, like I can't say it all with the with words. Like words are so insufficient to describe. Yeah, what like, you know, uh, like a poem to your mom. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we all have poems to our moms, honoring our moms. Is that enough to express the truth of our love for our mothers? Hell no! <laughs> Not even, even a tenth of a one percent of what, all the amazingness that we feel, all that love, right? Mm -hmm. So language, that's one of the things. We think it can do everything, right? And it can, like it's it, but it does this amid is exactly what he just said. It's a reflection of ourselves. So here we are being like, whoa, this thing is like the way in. To see as much as I can show in what all y'all just said, right? It's like as much as I can show of myself through these, like the words are like the opening of the door. You know, and I'm going to open this door with these words and like how much can you see? Mm. Right? And, and that, and so it's so important to consider what is the philosophy that, that allows that door to be open? How much can it open? Right? And, if, and specifically a colonizing language and, and specifically languages that come from uh, and now exist and have been filtered through a history of white supremacy thrive off division, off the division of things. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a Lakota elder who said to me, uh, there is no word for free, that is all we are. There mm -hmm. is no word for nature, that is all there is. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Right? What has it done to us and our psychology to think that there is a, that you, we can, and nature is another thing that's not me? Mm. Mm. Right? So how does language in our society, in our communities, right, in our movements, how does it divide us and how does it unite us? How does it actually perpetuate the illusion of separation? Mm. Or how does it unveil the truth of connection? Mm. Like that's my interest, you know, that's what I want to see, that's what I want to find. And like, mm. what, is the, what is the consequence of that? Mm -hmm. And I personally feel of it, and at the same time, like I'll, you'll always, I'll always say it's insufficient, and I'll always say it's precious. You know, that's how I feel about language and vital, right? And it makes me wanna, you know, wanna just like I think about, I think about this, like. That's a that's a sound. That's a melody that means something, mm -hmm. right? That is, it carries feeling. It carries, you know, it carries uh, vibration. But if you add, I am not afraid. I am not afraid. I would die for liberation, cause I know I, I was made. I am not afraid. No, no. I am not afraid I would die for liberation Cause I know why I would die I would die for liberation Cause I know why I was made Then it carries a whole nother significance And that's the power of language, right? What I just fit in there was a promise Right, was a life vision, was saying, I know why I was made, I know why, like, so much is possible within language, even though, like I said, it's, it's insufficient. And since day five of a, of a hunger strike, I got food on my mind, so I just want to throw a food <laughs> metaphor in here. Um, fasting with the, with the workers from, from Immokalee has taught me, taught me uh, a lot. And one of those things is, I feel like with language, uh, we got a kitchen full of, of things to cook the truth. You know, but there is just certain things, like I said, that are just like certain spices that we can't get to with the languages that we have most mm -hmm. of the time. Mm -hmm. You know, there's spices that we need. We're trying to make the right food. We just can't. We just can't. We don't have access it, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's like the truth that is in that kitchen, you know, is mm -hmm. uh, is complex and deep and 
and language. Language helps us cook some really good food sometimes. You know, <laughs> we be cooking some decent truth, right? But it's not, it's not necessarily the the full the full the fullness mm. that, that I think we we're striving for. Mm-hmm. It does have enough spices to agitate dictators. Yeah, that's right. Talk about that. <laughs> Presidents. Talk about that. Exactly. <laughs> and fronteras. On that note, I gotta go write some poems with some beautiful sixth graders. Hey. Hey. Alright, bro. Keep the healing and social justice going. <laughs> Alright, bro. See you in a few months, bro. Have a good workshop. Bless. Yo, to the young gods. Thank you, Frankie. <laughs> no paintings. Um, so that's a good transition of Frankie having to head out. I also want to honor that France, the fifth peace poet, is mm. not in the room with us. Right. Um, and uh, the way that y'all have worked in collective for mm-hmm. a long time like there's some ebb and flow of who could be here, who comes and goes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and y'all have been having each other's backs. For how many years now? When did you get together? We haven't actually had the bass for like 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, officially since 2005, I think, mm-hmm. is when, like, when we uh, officialized the Peace Poets. But before then, we were like under a different crew name yeah. and still rocking together, you know, yeah. doing our, our shenanigans for peace. Uh-huh. <laughs> and at what age did like most of y'all meet? How old were you? Well... I I first met Frankie four when we were three years old. Oh. Yeah, that's when we first met. Yeah. And uh, he recruited me into the Peace Cult. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of charm. Organized him. And uh, and then going through school, we just kept meeting other members and creating together, and we've been best friends since then. Wow. Um, when my my younger brother passed away mm. in 2008, mm. oh, I'm sorry, that's uh, 2006, mm. Lua flew back from Africa. He was traveling in a lot of different countries out there, learning a lot and teaching workshops on poetry and hip hop and a lot of community building. Mm. And uh, when he came back, um, you know, we officially kind of re reinitiated um, a lot of the work we had been doing, a lot of the performances we had already been um, doing throughout the years, throughout the city, mm-hmm. um, and just organize ourselves a little better to continue that work. Hmm. Yeah, it's been some time. <laughs> um, we, had this, uh, we had this one brother who's another fellow artist, uh, goes by Baba Israel, and we told him all this stuff about us, and he was going to introduce us for all these shows, and then he was like, wait, y'all been together how long? He's like, nah, that's like, that is for him as an artist who's been in and out of bands and collectives and stuff. He's just like, yeah. longevity. And that's why he mm-hmm. would always introduce us when, he, <laughs> when he's always saying, be like, these artists, they put in longevity. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they stay together. And, and I, I have to always, I always say this, you know, because it's something that, you know, that's a struggle, right? Like we're talking about healing. Yeah. And and we you know you've done things exploring conflict right mm-hmm. like we've had all the levels you know of of frustration of conflict uh, of stress of pressure that have pre- have you know given us a million reasons right to just take a different path and not all be together as as the five of us and I'll just say that that he always says like we can't have peace here between mm-hmm. us then we got no business talking about peace in the world mm-hmm. and showing up in these streets and singing for peace at marches. Like, nah, like that's not, and so like that to me has been one of the biggest 
like the most beautiful challenges right mm-hmm. and they're like I'm like I embody peace with these brothers before mm-hmm. before doing you know the the work in the world and because I feel like that challenge has is one thing that uh, how it keeps us coming back to say yeah we actually do believe in peace and liberation not just in these streets or in these jails or in these schools but in this cipher that we're, we're in mm-hmm. yeah and I'll just add to that um, yeah, that just you can look really nice in front of a classroom or anywhere else and mm-hmm. all kudos, but like Luaya said, you know, and I would just say we'll go even further, you know, not just within, you know, the five of us, but also like in our personal relationships with partners, with family, because usually it is those people we speak about often that we hold closest to us that we tend to, you know, offend most and kind of take for granted. And when we talk about healing and justice, you know, and honoring each other and creating a compassionate world where we can um, see each other, those those are the moments, you know, those are the, the mm-hmm. people. Hey, beautiful people. We're going to take a quick break together to hear a voice from our beloved community, uplifting some really special folks. So let's welcome Pam for our affirmation section today. Hi y'all, this is Pam Lozoff from San Jose, California. And I'm giving a shout out to some rad women who I am blessed to build with, to be in community with, to collaborate and work with each and every day from Be The Change Collective. And these women are Terene Sarafzade, Rashmi Gatal, Michelle Sakaridis, Natalie Nat My Nyo, and Kat De Silva, who are on our leadership team. And there's so many other folks who are involved with what we do, but I just want to give a shout out and affirm these leaders um, who are my partners, as I like to say, because this is truly heart-based work, this work we do in our communities. So thank you, thank you for your heartfelt dedication to this work. Thank you, Pam, for sharing your love for the amazing Be The Change Collective. If any of y'all listening have some love or shout outs to share for people you work with, movements you're grateful for, um, really anything that is a source of resilience for you or represents healing justice for you, we would love to feature your voice on the show. You can get us a recording of your voice by clicking on the link in the show notes or going to our website, healingjustice.org and looking at the upper right for that button that says share an affirmation. We would love to hear your voice on the show and continue to uplift all of our voices as a community. Let's get back to listening to the Peace Poets. since age three and then since you came together more formally like when you have struggled as a collective either whether it's something interpersonal happening between two people or whether it's like something going on in multiple directions like what are some of the tools or supports that you have leaned on that have turned you into the story of longevity as opposed to the story of we've hurt one another and we're going our separate ways yeah that's a good question (laughs) yeah um, there's a lot 
and I can't capture it all. Um, but what I'm inspired to, to think about in that question is our hearts, you know, like the, the thing that drives us to do anything. Um, and this is something that I, I'm inspired by in my brothers and um, in these artists and artists that I look up to is when that passion, when you're just so passionate about the message of what you're saying, like the, the actual value mm -hmm. uh, in, in attached to practice, it, it, it opens you up to a different way of thinking, a different mm -hmm. way of feeling. And, and it's not like you don't have the, the, the lows or the negative feelings, um, but you're able to reconnect to a deeper truth, uh, a deeper universal truth mm. um, about what we need and what's at stake and what is life and what is loss. And we've experienced loss, you know, um, I, I individually and as, as a collective. Mm -hmm. um, and so I feel that the truth, you know, I have a, <laughs> um, a poetry book that I'm working on called In Between Life and Death. And I think that's a core principle uh, that whether it's spoken or, or unspoken, that kind of brings us back to, um, back to our love for each other, for ourselves, mm -hmm. is that we are between life and death. Like this ain't, we don't got moment of waste on on hate on mm. on uh, on things that are not gonna be true to how we really feel about each other mm. about ourselves and that's mm. that we're blessed and if there is conflict it's caused by some other shit that's getting in the way of us really seeing mm -hmm. each other because we know that the natural state of our being of our relationship is goodness is mm. love and like we know that we've experienced that and that's like our truth that no one can take away from us mm -hmm. so it's it's making the time and space to continue to reconnect when especially when it's it's difficult um and to be surrounded by communities that's going to be like nope this is the truth this is the truth this is the truth yeah <laughs> your subjective experience can be valid and you can you can drown in your sorrows or you can be really pissed off um and that's not to say that you don't need to feel those things you need to feel those things you cannot escape them mm -hmm. you have to accept them you have to feel them because that's going to allow you to uh, see that next horizon mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's right definitely and i feel like that that, that happens in the great we've have been so blessed to connect to so many communities right so we, we worked uh with people who are struggling for housing you know mm -hmm. like those people around our way where we stay, you know, who, who are being exploited by slumlords or pushing up, pushed out their housing, you know, family, friends. We work with people who are on the border, living every day in, 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 in where this, this country just explicitly racially profiles and ethnically profiles people. Mm -hmm. So we've been with communities who are dealing with, with intense, intense situations all over the world you know in their 40 different countries places that have been affected by armed conflict where everybody's lost somebody places who are living in the trauma of rape being used as a tool of war uh, people all the the levels of displacement of of trauma being so real and and one of the things that has helped us navigate conflict is is we're constantly engaging the true context of our world mm. That is like the one of the main goals of this system is to make us forget the truth of our context mm -hmm. is to make us forget history and is to make us forget our and un, not misunderstand our current reality. Mm -hmm. Our current reality is one of 
of genocide against people continuing and of a continuing colonization and occupation it's our reality is one of ecocide against the natural world like mm-hmm. that is our truth and everything everything the way in which the society is built keeps us from seeing that we've had the blessing and what has supported us in dealing with our own conflict is being constantly with people who are fighting an enemy that is so huge and so powerful mm-hmm. right and to do it they they continually ground themselves and have so have grounded us and the preciousness of life, right? In the in the in the validity of uh, of struggle. So it's like, to be honest with you, yeah. If I didn't, yeah. Well, why don't why don't we go our separate ways and walk away? We need each other. Mm-hmm. We love each other and we need each other desperately. And we are on the same side. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, there's just no question. Like we we all these divisions and frustrations, they can come up and be like, nah, you over there, I'm over here. No, but that's because we don't have guns in our face right now. And I've been in convenings in the movement where people are like, I don't know if you'd stand up to it for me right now. And this is like, there's a lack of trust. Why? Because we live in a segregated society, mm-hmm. right? That is built so people don't trust each other. That has been racially and, and economically segregated for so long that people have a deep, valid distrust of each other, mm-hmm. right? And so when it comes to conflict, when it comes, it's like, I'm out, you know? I don't know. I don't know. And, and, we don't, we don't know how to trust each other and we don't know how to treat each other in a lot of ways across those divisions. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that what I'm saying is since we've been together in fighting against these oppressive forces, right? We've been on the, in the front lines at the, at the border, you know, like uh, with police in New York City for so many years. And that togetherness feels so real and so alive and so necessary, mm-hmm. right? And, and we've proved through action, right, that it's not just knowing like, that I love you and I need you, it's that you have actually been next to me in this struggle. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the challenge in our movement is that we're not in the real context. We out in like a conference center, a retreat center somewhere, <laughs> being like, I don't know if I fuck with you or not. Of course you don't. That's okay. But like, <laughs> but let's 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 like let's get into the world together. Let's decide. Like, mm-hmm. let's actually roll together and mm-hmm. and let's and let's fight these forces of oppression together. Yeah. Let's stand up to police violence together. Right. Let's do to an action against mass incarceration together. Let's work with these young people and listen to the wisdom of the young people together and listen to the elders together. Like, let's engage in action that actually convince us that we are on the same side, convince mm. each other that we're on the same side. Mm. That's something that we so desperately need. And that's something that we've had the benefit of rolling as a crew. Mm-hmm. Right? And, we, that's, and that's kept us kept us strong and centered and together in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would just say real quick also that, you know, all of that aside too, you know, it's just uh, outside of our work, it's just deep friendships, you know, mm-hmm. deep best friends and uh, and just kind of like that love and affection, you know, it's not many people in your life that you share mm-hmm. decades of your life with right. that have also seen you grow in sometimes your most vulnerable phases in life, <laughs> most outlandish, you know, like Abe the Peace Poet now versus you know, the peace poet 10 years ago with a do-rag and a baseball cap, oversized jeans and like, you know, some weed and a Pepsi with half Hennessy in it. You know, it's a very different person uh, today. And, and But that takes a lot of love. That takes a lot of community. Um, and I think, you know, even in the peace poet circle, uh, five seconds on the shoulder, a five-second massage is something that's very common. You know, but that love and affection, um, I, I think, you know, the, the relationship is, is, is crucial. Mm-hmm. We may have to explain that for the, for the world. So, so Amy's referencing something. It's a beautiful practice, actually. This is just like a lot of times, like, yo, let me get a couple seconds on the shoulders. 
And that's just like, you know, asking for a back massage from each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me actually get, you know, a little bit of healing, literal physical healing mm -hmm. right now, mm -hmm. uh, which is something that completely rejects the narrative of masculinity that we've been come up in, mm -hmm. right? Where men ain't supposed to touch. One, you ain't supposed to feel. One, the next thing, you definitely not supposed to touch each other in like a healing, gentle, loving way. You know what I'm saying? Not that the massages are always gentle. You know, sometimes you gotta really get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing that we do as a practice. You know, uh, and and I appreciate, I appreciate, you know, ABE for bringing that in. That's yeah. that's something that we, that also builds trust and connection. It's mm. actual physical touch, mm. especially as men. Mm. And as we heal, you know, I heal like the individual. Right. Because I, I, I remember I st like <laughs> just the, like the beginning of like the culture shift within us. Like these brothers was hugging each other, like <laughs> saying "I love you," massaging. I was like, in my mind, I was like, "Wow, this is different." Yeah. Like I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And initially, I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm, this is pushing my boundary." Like you know, um, and it was also what I needed to heal, you know, mm -hmm. for myself. Like um, keeping myself uh, compartmentalized, you know, not feel, not feeling the full extent of my feelings, um, not being in the truth, uh, mm -hmm. right? Being in a lie. Um, protecting pride protecting ego mm -hmm. um yeah so i think as the as the collective mm -hmm. um heals you know the individual heals and and i've seen that uh, experienced that mm. yeah Word. thank you mm. i have um a question that came out of conversation and, and was shared with us today from Marsha Lee in Detroit. Hey. This is hey to you all. Marcia. Marcia. <laughs> um, and has been Marcia. supporting and collaborating on the podcast. Her uh, collective that she's part of in Detroit called mm -hmm. Healing by Choice was recently on an episode. Um, and also talking about the need for the collective, right? And mm -hmm. then sticking in it together in the way that uh, I think it was Marsha talking about on that episode, the way that like part of why we need to be in collective is that as individuals we don't have all the answers mm. and Marcia said we don't even have all the questions yeah, yeah. Um, and right. one of the things that she was talking about is this question around like as you're moving through the world out in action which includes like action in the streets it includes the border it includes the work you did in Ferguson so many other places mm -hmm. um, it also includes meeting up with people in conference centers and doing <laughs> events that feel a little out of the moment right mm -hmm. um, but through all of your travel like across the country what do you observe in terms of what f you think folks need right now in the movement what are the threads that you see that you're like these are patterns this is consistent and then what are the differences that feel important to name of maybe oh this this is actually unique to different places different spaces right mm -hmm. um, yeah, if I, yeah I, one immediately comes to mind and for me it's uh it's having an analysis of power uh gives you a different perspective so too too much of our still in our movement worlds mm -hmm. um are run by momentum gained from uh for lack of a better word like corrupt power mm -hmm. power that comes from oppression mm -hmm. exploitation uh and i think the medicine for that we find in collective right is people power mm -hmm. it's power that comes from 
the in the collective mm -hmm. like i am working to uh to ensure that whatever if, if i'm a farm worker to feed my village right to feed mm -hmm. my um to feed my family but oftentimes we don't have a direct relationship to um where we're sourcing our power from you know and i and i literally mean like everything you know and i think that you we have to as as a activists and artists be aware of how we're compromised and, and at the same time um build platforms outside of the current structures of like uh, oppressed um corrupt power rather uh so this would look like more communities coming together and celebrating uh the talent the power the organizers the scholars in that community not waiting for the whatever foundation again to be like this is the person these are the two people and then, and then we all love those two people and they're great and they're amazing yes of course um but at the same time where is the community's power and mm. that who is developing that collective power to say this is our artist mm -hmm. these are our artists and every community should have that mm -hmm. um and we won't really see uh in my opinion um the transformative change that we need to until our all all communities start to be in that conversation mm -hmm. of where are we giving our power do we have to continue to give it to the same institutions even though people are great you know mm -hmm. um but doing the work outside to actually build bases of power mm -hmm. that honor um who we want to honor uh th that is built on power that isn't at least is in conversation with the exploitation and is working its way to eliminating it and not just be like you know well is this is this the way it is you know what I'm saying? so we just got to follow the whoever's at the at the top of the wave mm -hmm. this this year you know right. so. that's facts yeah if i could honor that with just a short song mm -hmm. it goes we have come with a force more powerful than the guns in our enemies' hands. Mm -hmm. It's our love of all creation that'll liberate this land. We have come with a force more powerful than the guns in our enemies' hands. It's our love of all creation and that's what I believe, you know, like, and then I feel like that, that longing for like the, that deep, deep uh, love for all the people, you know, all the people around us, as well as just to take it, you know, another step and then talking about the plants and the trees, you know, and I think one thing that the movement needs is, be, is, to, is to start finding our source of uh, our power and connection also uh, in in the rest of our relations not mm -hmm. just our human relations mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so I feel like I love like I really I really resonate with with what the last MC said about where our power comes from and where and, and the amount of power right in rivers and mountains mm. and trees and fruit and grass mm. you know what I'm saying? like like the amount of power that is there waiting mm. to be honored mm. what yeah 
you know and i'm just like i feel like i just got to kindergarten you know what i'm saying like i like i don't even know how to start learning you know and but i know that i just and i find and like i for the last whatever amount of years i've been running around the classroom wilding out and now i just found out that the teachers are the trees and i'm like oh, okay cool let me listen mm -hmm. let me just begin to listen mm -hmm. And that's about how I, much I feel I'm on my journey. And so my thing for the movement right now and which way in which we can like, find our, our way through, through, through conflict and, and toward healing uh, is, is definitely accessing the beauty and the power and the connection and the wisdom above all else mm -hmm. of our natural mm -hmm. world. And, I, and, I, and to take it back to language, one of the reasons we don't do that is because of the identities in language. Mm -hmm. Right. Something we think about a lot is, is we, we have words for things and those words categorize people. And that's so, and so they categorize people, things, places. We got a name for everything. Uh, and what, what actually is the consequence of that? Mm -hmm. Is that I get to name it and be done. Oh, it's got a name. It's got a definition. I'm out. Right? Like that name doesn't, what, what, what does that name do? Is it an oak tree or a willow tree? Now I think I know what it is. Mm -hmm. Right now, I don't got to ask, ask it questions, sit with it, learn from it, learn about it, and reflect on the way in which it drinks the, the water of, of, of the soil and, and bathes in the sun, right? Oh, you know, there's so, there's so much there. And the same thing, and this is what I would say, maybe a little bit more of what's going on for us right now, is the identities that we've been like, put in by white supremacy and capitalism and patriarchy that are similarly oppressive, right? And it's so beautiful to see our communities little by little coming into the understanding of gender and the lie that the uh, binary is, right? And, 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 and we're like, wow, okay, we can just be up in this, you know what I mean? We could be way more human now. We can understand our beauty and our complexity way better because we ain't stuck in a binary that says man and female, like, like men and women, whoa, like, hold on a second. This is all this power, like, so much is possible. And that's so true in so many different identities, mm -hmm. right? Is that there's a lot of healing and being like, uh, you know, understanding all of the truth about the ways in which we're divided mm -hmm. and the effects of that and understanding the deeper truth of our, of our oneness. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of work, you know, and patience. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I thought I had, uh, that was a long ass answer, but my, my short answer was just, uh, you know, humility and connectedness because that in understanding our connectedness, there's so much humility, right? And like on my third day of kindergarten over here, that's one of the things the trees are teaching me. Mm. <laughs> I do want to ask, because I know some of the work around language and connection and healing that you all do on a daily basis that Frankie literally just had to get up and leave to go mm. do with the, with the young people, mm. um, is around writing poetry. Mm. And I know that you all are going to share a practice with us that people can actually try on at home mm -hmm. to start to dive in a little bit with language um, as led by the peace poets. Um, and so I just ask as we conclude our conversation together, if somebody could give us a short preview, just mm -hmm. so that folks know when that episode drops on mm -hmm. Thursday, that what they can plan on doing together. Um, but yeah, what's that practice going to be for? Mm -hmm. It's going to be a, a practice of reflection and writing. Um, so you'll hear some poetry and at the same time be invited into a space of creation so that you can, as an individual, have some time to write and share uh, 
with yourself. And at the same time, it's something that could be done as a collective. And we feel that both uh, spaces, individually and collectively, offer different benefits. Um, but it could be a very powerful experience to see what other people reflected, um, especially using the same prompts and the same themes around healing. So, um, yeah, just get free with yourself and open, open your heart leave the perfectionist editor outside the door <laughs> um right yeah and and meet the page thank you well we look forward to sharing that with folks for folks who want to try it out you can download the next episode um mm. and it sounds like it'd be an awesome activity to do by yourself or in a group so you could always share it with your team your organization your family your friends mm. um and i just want to thank from the bottom of my heart the peace poets for all of the work that you do in the world and the returning to truth that you do for yourselves and each other and that helps deliver the rest of us to returning to that truth of interconnectedness and the will to fight for justice. So, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you for this invitation. <laughs> you just heard a conversation and some pretty amazing performances from the Peace Poets. You can download the corresponding practice to join in a guided exercise for sacred writing. You'll have the total privilege of hearing Frankie Four perform his piece called Light Work. And you'll be led through a series of prompts to write your own poetry. This practice is one that the Peace Poets offer regularly as part of their workshops. And it can be practiced alone, but is also ideal to do in a group. If you'd like to hear your voice on the podcast or show some love um, or appreciation to someone in your community, please share an affirmation or gratitude with us on the show. You can find the links to do that in the show notes or at the top menu bar of our website at healingjustice.org. This entire project survives off of your donations, so if you can contribute something in reciprocity, please do so at patreon.com slash healingjustice. The links are in the show notes to find our email list and our social media, so stay in touch. And big thanks to Yoshi Fields for editing this episode and Zach Meyer at The Coal Room for mixing and production. Thank you for your commitment to building movements that liberate all of us. Hear you next week. <laughs>